Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It's Drew here. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is so exciting. It is an absolute beauty, this one. I think this one will have to be uh, my favorite one so far. In, in this episode, I speak to Dr. Renee Baisley, who is a clinical psychologist, and we chat about a couple of really important things. Number one is um, control versus self-control, um, and the second one is the all-or-nothing mentality, and we really dive deep um, into these concepts. Um, we have a great chat about some of the practical applications, um, how we can start to reframe, um, and uh, and you'll get some absolute wisdom from this episode. Really exciting. So we've split this episode into two parts. Um, we did just keep talking and uh, and we, we kept flowing through different aspects of these two topics. So we decided to split this one into two. Um, so make sure you check out part one and part two of this episode. But Guys, this is an absolute beauty to listen to. Um, There's some really beautiful gems in this episode. So I really hope you guys enjoy. Um, If you have any questions about anything, please do let me know. Um, But otherwise, guys, we'll dive right in now with uh, Dr. Renee Baisley. Renee, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Drew. No worries. So I want to start off by giving some context as to what we're going to talk about today, right? So um, a little bit of background, a little bit of a story. Um, We were training outside, Mm -hmm. right? This was mid-pandemic in Sydney, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in lockdown. Things are a bit hectic. Things are a bit crazy. We were doing some outdoor training sessions. And I remember um, you walked over um, to start the session and I was on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I will admit I was looking at the you know, the case numbers and like fully going through that, um, that period of like panic and what's going to happen and this and that. And, uh, we had a little conversation, a little joke about it. And then we just got into it, right. Got into training. Anyway, at the end of the session, we had this really awesome conversation, which for me kind of changed the way that I viewed the pandemic, you know, as a small business owner, um, as, I guess just as a like as a Sydney side, as an individual that was going through such a, uh, a crazy time, and we had the conversation about you know control versus self control. So really focusing on what you can control or what I can control as an individual, mm-hmm. and you know kind of steering away from what I can't and what I can't control were things like the case numbers mm-hmm. and things like what Gladys is going to you know, what restrictions she's going to ease and when she's going to do it. And all I was thinking about in my head was, when are we going to reopen the gym? When's life going to go back to normal? When are these case numbers going to drop? When are the vaccination rates going to go up? And having that conversation as a, you know, I would consider myself a, you know, well-read individual. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I do a lot of research and work and read a lot of books and like, you know, as someone that I would consider myself quite grounded, but it's it was overwhelming, right? So having that conversation, and I guess the whole reason for this episode is that conversation really sparked something in me that, I don't know, it kind of changed the way that I chose to view my response to what was going on around me. And I, I focused less on, well, I completely stopped focusing and, and stopped listening to the 11 a.m. press conferences as I stopped worrying about the case numbers, I stopped doing all that stuff. And I chose to purely focus on what I can control. 
And for me, that was a really pivotal... Um, I think it was a really pivotal moment. It was needed. It was like a, it felt like a bit of a kick in the bum for me, right? And it was a great, honest conversation that I love and I want to share that conversation, right? <laughs> so this is where, I guess, um, I, you know, if maybe you could start by explaining to the listeners what what you mean by focusing on or, or the control versus self-control conversation that we had. I guess... What do you mean by that? Like, how how could you explain that to those listening? Sure. Okay. So I think I'll start with big picture, which is what I've observed amongst the clients that I work with and also I think the people that I engage with um, in life in general is that psychological problems tend to develop when we presume that we have more control than what we actually have. And I think that many of us have learned to feel secure in our lives, in the world, by overestimating the things that we can change. So when the pandemic came, suddenly that that idea, which is really more of an illusion than a truth, became something that was hard to outwork because we couldn't control things that we thought that we could. You were right, we couldn't change Gladys's decisions, we couldn't change case numbers, we couldn't change the presence of the virus in our community. And so this idea that we often hold on to more subconsciously than consciously, which is that life is predictable mm. and orderly mm. and I can make it exactly what I want it to be, mm. was thrown out the window and now we're confronted with the reality that life is more unpredictable and more disorderly um, and and perhaps less of what we want to be. Yeah, wow. So, like, that's something that we have to embrace. Like, we have to embrace that life is unpredictable, mm. that things are going to pop up that we just cannot control. Is that something that we just have to, like, learn to enjoy or learn to... <laughs> because it's just going to happen, right? Like, sure. maybe not to the extent of of a global pandemic but Mm. you know i always say to clients like we're going to go through periods of really stressful times at work that we can't Mm. control or you know your kid's going to fall over and break their arm and they're going to be out of action for a couple of weeks like stuff's always going to pop up so how do we i don't know like how do we live with that how Mm. do we do we embrace it do we like how do we work around it I think embracing sounds appealing, but Mm. I don't know about you, I feel like that's a pretty tall order Mm. considering some of of the great tragedies and just the the great pain that that people I know, um, maybe yourself, Drew, have experienced. And from what I've observed too, we like to think that painful experiences come and go and sometimes they do sometimes we have an incidence incident of a, of stress but other times we have to carry pain for a prolonged period of time so this idea of embracing it mm. and it being this experience that mentally we can turn into something positive uh, actually becomes too great a burden to bear mm. and we also see the fallout of that where people are trying to convince themselves no this is good for me I'm sure that there's a silver lining and mm. <clears throat> actually it's just an impossibly difficult um, horrendously painful experience mm. so I like this concept of acceptance which 
doesn't turn a blind eye to the realities of what's hard. In fact, asks us to be as honest as we can about them. Um, so I don't try to not have what's in front of me. In fact, I make room for it. It's like creating space in my life for this difficulty, this as it currently presents itself, unreconcilable, unresolved issue, <clears throat> having a way for it to travel with me and forming a relationship with it so that I'm not robbed in ways that I shouldn't be. Because if we can learn to live well alongside painful experiences, I don't know, I guess I'd say that's a part of the key, like that's yeah. a big key to life. Because we Holy don't moly. get, okay. <laughs> we just don't get to cherry pick. Wouldn't that yeah. be awesome? I'd like this yeah. and this and this and this. Yeah. And oh yeah, I don't want that and that and that. But um, yeah, the human experience is is it's all it's all there: joy, sadness, yeah. distress, fear, overwhelm. Happiness. I don't want to let this go. I want to keep going with this. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So how how because that sounds so simple, just like. Accept it and let oh, it be no, part no, no, of no, your no, life, no. right? Simple, I know, simple. I know. That's what, <laughs> how, like, how can someone do that? How can someone, something major, or not, it might even not be that major. It might be just stress mm. at work or, you know, a huge work project, right? Let's create a scenario. Mm -hmm. Huge work project, a lot of stress. First thing that generally goes for people is their exercise routine mm -hmm. and generally eating habits, right? Mm -hmm. Amongst other things. So I'm talking from, from our, my experiences in the health and fitness game. So how can someone, and it's, it, this isn't going to be an easy answer, I know, but how can someone embrace and accept that, yes, there's a very stressful time at work, but I'm going to make room mm. for the things that I know are going to continue to promote my health, i.e. exercising and eating well. Is there is there mm, is yeah. there like tips that you can give for that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I don't want to trivialize acceptance, um, and and so to not do that, I want to make a distinction between the acceptance that I think we talk about generally, which I think is more of a defeat. Like we say things, well, what else? What other choice do I have? I have to accept it. Mm. So we're actually engaging with the thing that we don't want to have in a passive way. Um, whereas the acceptance that I'm talking about, which in the psychology world is called radical acceptance, <laughs> because it's considered something active. So this painful experience, let's say it's a, it's a difficult work project. I don't like it. I don't want it. I would really like to be able to get rid of it and avoid it, but in engaging radical acceptance, I allow it to be in my life. So if I was to try and distill that down to a couple of strategies as to how you'd actually action that, the one thing that I would start with would be to not fight it. So we create unnecessary suffering in our lives when we fight the things that we have to have. My broken leg. But I, I don't want a broken leg, Drew. I just, I don't want my leg to be broken. I just, I think I'm so angry. My leg's broken. It, my leg isn't going to heal. I can, I can rally, rage, war against mm. that broken leg, but there's a process of time for the healing. And mm. I would actually do better as a person, psychologically, probably even physically, because of the link between those two things, if I can allow my leg to be broken for eight weeks or 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 
um, and then focus the thing, focus my attention on the things that I can control. So you mentioned things like exercise, diet, well, sure, broken leg, I can't exercise to the degree that I'd like, but I can probably still do some upper body work. Diet, absolutely, I can still be really on top of the things that are going to give me the nutritional support that I need. Um, our attention is a great resource, but unfortunately we often mismanage it by mm. focusing on the things that we can't do anything about yeah. and not putting that attention on the things that we can. So mm. um, controlling the controllables. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay, so if I can ask a question about something that we see all the time in health and fitness, and I think it kind of relates back to the controlling and self-controlling thing and it's the like this all or nothing mentality mm. it's the either i am life is perfect and i'm going at a hundred percent with everything that i'm doing or life isn't perfect and i'm just going to give everything up i'm going to stop right and i talk about everything in in terms of health and fitness so nutrition and exercise mm-hmm. so it's this all or nothing shift right i have a lot of have had a lot of clients over the years who when things were perfect um they were going swimmingly well and the second something came up they fell to pieces and mm. i think it, i think it happens more often than not i really do yep. with people and i think yeah, I in some aspects of life i do it mm-hmm. right i'm all or nothing in some as- aspects of life um i'm sure you are too um <laughs> so never for the listeners never, never, i'm, no, I'm never always, all or nothing always perfect. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um Oh, I saw your stretching routine over the, <laughs> over the pandemic. I, I know that's not true. Um, so is there, is there a way that we can start to change the way we think or approach situations that are perfect, i.e. should we, when things are perfect, when we have the time, when we have the resources, should we go all in on things? I guess is the first part of the question or is it better to just continue to gradually improve and then conversely when things are imperfect obviously we don't want to stop everything altogether but are there tactics or or tips that that you can give that will help people to reframe that time that period that situation in order to continue moving forward with the with the things that are you know, benefiting their life, benefiting their health. Mm, well, at the risk of sounding like a psychologist, you probably need to understand why all or nothing thinking exists mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any ideas about why it exists? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're here for. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say that the strongest theory out there is that when our minds are... Uh, too dialed up so that's coming from our nervous system when we're carrying too much stress or anxiety bearing in mind that we live in an anxious world we live in a world where we have to resist Mm. stress and anxiety it's easy to be um, to have those experiences so when we're carrying stress and anxiety the way that that shows up mentally is that we have more thoughts uh, they go faster they're more urgent they're more negative and they're more catastrophic. Is that right? Is that oh wow? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so our brain is this in, just incredible piece of anatomy, and what it tries to do is create efficiency in our thinking. So it boils it down to two categories: all 
or nothing, right or wrong, failure, success. Um, so that's, that's to help our mind process this uh, large volume of information that's operating much like a washing machine on high speed spin <laughs> the yeah. end. Um, there's just so much that we, we need to process. Uh, so yeah, let's make it categorical. The problem with categorical thinking is it nullifies or at least modifies our ability to engage with the complexities of life. Right? Mm. So now I'm thinking perfect or imperfect. So I'm engaging with, with my life, let's say with my exercise regime as it needs to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And while I'm assessing that my application of my exercise regime regime is perfect, I'll feel good. But then when I notice, Oh, something's not perfect. It can only be imperfect, right? There's no other Mm -hmm. part on the scale that it can be. And so two categories only creates these massive poles in Mm -hmm. my mind where it's not like perfect and imperfect are just, you know, a centimetre apart. It's like they're... Oh they gosh, couldn't be further apart. They couldn't yeah. be further yeah. apart. Exactly. So yeah. when I fall into the imperfect category, oh my gosh, my life is over. Mm. Can you see the consequences of that mm. in our thinking? Now, what's the point? I've, I've failed. Not just yeah. failed a little bit. I have failed big yeah. time. Um, yeah. And so... Any of the habits that we were moving out of, we easily fall back into mm. because the climb back to perfection, given that perfection and imperfection are yeah, well so apart, far away, yeah. is huge. It it's insurmountable. Like a, yeah, it seems like a Herculean task. You just could totally, not do it. Yeah. Totally. So, and in fact, I can't. Yeah. I can't. So I, yeah. I won't. Yeah. I won't try. Yeah. And therefore, these yeah these regimes, these habits, these these structures that I was building into my life fall away mm. so do you think then like how, how can we how can we steer away from that because <laughs> it's like you know you have a packet of tim tams right and someone sits down they have one tim tam they go oh you know what i've had one i might as well have three i might as well have five i might as well eat the whole packet just i've already blown it question for the listeners has anyone seen drew eat a whole packet of tim tams no <laughs> no um they're, they're, look tim tams are delicious but i probably haven't had a tim tam in like 10 years but uh, um like you know what I, like you know it's 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 like as you said it's it's such a distance between not having a Tim Tam and then having a Tim Tam in whole packet, there's just no middle ground. So is it a matter of just working on finding bits in the middle? Like, is it as strong mm. as like, you know, I, I don't know if it's willpower or if it's whatever it mm. is, but is it is a matter of every time you open a packet of Tim Tams and you have two, but you don't have three, that's a win. And you see that as a win, mm. not as, a, as an imperfection. You see that as a progression. Like, is, is little strategies like that? Like, we always say, you know, in here, it's, it's, you know, keep showing up. doesn't matter if you stretch. It doesn't matter if you sit on the bike for five minutes. It doesn't matter if it's not your best workout. Mm. You've shown up. And the act mm-hmm. of showing up is better than sitting on the couch eating Tim Tams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is it as simple as just kind of focusing on that step-by-step-by-step by step by step progression? Mm, it's I a hard one, huh? Well, I don't know that it's simple mm. but it, but but you're right there are strategies and i can tell you're trying to mine for them 
am. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? Uh, so I have listened to some of your earlier podcasts. Great work. Thank you. Congratulations Thank you. on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, and you talked about a dial. Yes. So that's a great analogy. Uh, and one that I think is useful in people who are trying to shift out of an all or nothing mindset. Um, I think you have to understand the weaknesses in your thinking. So if you know that you're all or nothing, you don't want to feed that. You mentioned earlier, is it good for people to go all in when things are perfect? I don't know that things are ever perfect, but I think what you're meaning is when when they're controlling the controllables yep. and life feels manageable, and situations allowed. go yep. all in. Yep. I don't know that I'd say go all in, but I'd say you might be able to go more in mm. because you've got more to give. But then there will be times um, for the parents out there, if you've got sick kids or, or they're they're having their own issues and you need to show up as a parent, that might mean that you can't show up as much as you would like to your exercise um, and nutrition regime. But I think being mindful that we don't don't presume that a, a small reduction is a, is a big fallout. Yeah. So yeah. being really careful to guard your thinking, if you have to modify and adjust, which is really normal, um, that just shows good flexibility based on your uh, based on what you're experiencing. Um, th- that's don't judge that as something that is now less than what you were aiming for because um, in life to to do life well, we need to be flexible. We need to be responding to our circumstances and our ex- circumstances are not linear and they're not static. Mm-hmm. People expect that, don't they? They expect things mm-hmm. to just, linearly improve like there's no bumps along the way it's just a beautiful straight diagonal line towards where they started and where they want to be and that's just never the case it's not but when we hold it in our minds it feels good to think that way Mm. like if i'm if i'm thinking about the future i don't want to think about struggles in my future or turmoil or difficulty Mm. so i i like this idea that it's just going to be smooth sailing and then when it isn't i maybe we maybe you guys out there uh, are crushed so Mm. yeah we can hold on to these these mental representations of life that help us to feel secure until suddenly that mental representation is not able to be applied because our reality doesn't match it Mm. and then we we struggle rather than anticipating that life will be full of challenges and rather than trying to be linear and static we need to be flexible and responsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think like when you were just talking about that in my head, I went straight to the, you know, we'll talk about the linear, you know, life's going to go swimmingly. And, you know, I started the business four years ago, right? And when I started four years ago, there was absolutely no way that I could have predicted that two years in, we would have hit a global pandemic <laughs> and we would have been shut for three months, right? Mm. And then after the first shutdown in 2020, there's absolutely no way I would have thought, you know what, Christmas time, we're going to be shut down again. And then there's no way at the start of 2021, we're all saying it's never going to happen again and it would have struck us again. So there's these three kind of dips in, you know, the way that my business operated and, 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 you know, we suffered like everybody else did, right? But I think... Looking back at that after we had that conversation those months ago about the control versus self-control thing, Mm. the first time I was a victim, I was a victim in 2020, you know, like Mm. we were shut down. How could they do this to us? This is the worst thing ever, you know, huge, you know, financial hit, whatever, but also 
what I love doing and the business that I created is shut and the mm. doors are closed, you know, mm. are we going to reopen all this sort of stuff? Mm. And, you know, coming out of that and coming into the lockdown that we've just been through in 2021, you know, it started off thinking that way. Then we had this conversation early on and all of a sudden it was less about, you know, being that victim and being, you know, whatever. And more about, well, what can I do to move forward from this and how are we going to reopen bigger and better and what can we implement and the podcast is one thing that we've done right this is one example mm-hmm. of something that we've implemented after this conversation because i'm like how can i bring more value to people that maybe can't see us we might have lockdowns again and we have all this really valuable information that people can just click on through an app and listen to you know yeah. so that's just what i was thinking when we we're going through it i'm like absolutely nothing is going there's going to be shit along the way Mm -hmm. there's going to be road bumps there's going to be injuries and illnesses and you know sick kids and work projects and people are going to experience all kinds of stuff in life that are going to impact their ability to continue with what they thought was the perfect routine and it's always going to be roadblocks along the way day by day week by week month by month year by year Okay, guys, we're going to leave today's podcast right there. But don't worry, part two with Dr. Renee Baisley is coming out very soon. This is where we chat about the all or nothing mentality. uh, And Renee shares more gems of wisdom um, about reframing uh, and some really practical information as well, guys. So don't forget to check out part two with Dr. Renee Baisley. Thank you so much for joining us.